Hey, this is Randall. And this is John. From the Don't Wake the Kids podcast. You're listening to our favorite podcast, Weird. Weird. I hope you're ready for some funny. Ace Podcast. Weird. It's so weird. You know, what's weird is you doing that during the song. What did I tell you about that? This, is, says, not, this is not the shower. This is not your car. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is not me being angry. You're always no, angry. No, I'm not angry. We'll just listen to I'm me. not angry. Why don't we just, why don't we let, uh. Who, what? What you got? Who, who what, when, where? You know what? I don't have the angry review. Oh, darn. And that was a good one, too. It was good. It was a good one. I was going to add it on here, but I already had the show notes ready. Do you? Can you pull it up? And we'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll share with our listener, because I love to share. While you're doing that, I'm going to share the review that we received from Bella Summer on our Facebook page. She said, she rated us five stars, and she said, these guys always make the day worthwhile. I love this show and highly recommend these guys to everyone who wants a good laugh. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Bella. So nice. Bella Summer's name has been added to the list of uh, of winners. The, um, the the list of uh, the prize pool. She's been added to the prize pool. So you need to talk slower because I've not. I'm I'm yet to find what I'm looking for. Oh, talk slow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read what Mary Beth Fowler had to say about Weird Podcast. Okay. 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 She left us a, a review, or actually, she sent us a note on our Facebook, and here's what she had to say. Hey, guys, I wanted you, to, wanted you to know that I appreciate that you keep a clean show. I'm able to listen to it in the car and not worry that my 10-year-old in the backseat will hear things that I don't approve of. Of course, he's come to realize that there's some crazy people in this world. However, he probably would have come to that conclusion. Having a mom like me, LOL, keep up the good work. I look forward to hearing you guys every week. Man, I really had to work to find this one, too. <laughs> This, this one, this one's from a friend down. I'm gonna say friend loosely. Well, let me really l- sure. let me thank Mary Beth Fogel. Oh, thank Mary. Yeah, thank, thank you, Mary, thank thank you, Mary Beth Fogel. <laughs> thank you for leaving us that review. Now Craig's got our third review of the week. Okay, so Ableth Rogue. That's an awesome name. It could be Ableth because no matter what, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong in his eyes. <laughs> He says, great podcast from A-Ron and Craig. He spells it A-Y-Ron and then Craig, K-R-E-G-G, who hilariously struggle with pronouncing the names in weirder news reports from around the world. Yeah. And also the accents. That's not an accent. This is probably related to their inability to pronounce their own names, Aaron and Craig. <laughs> I love and that. And the reason is because, oh wait, and the immense difficulty they have with their own language, which seems distantly related to English. <laughs> this is, talk about, man. That's an awesome review. What, hey, calm down. You're getting angry. By the way, guys, by the way, guys, <laughs> which is which in the logo? I, t- and this, is, this guy's dead on accurate on this. I tend to think of the angry guy in the hat as being Craig. That's right. And the upside, upside down, slightly nerdier guy yes. as being Aaron because he can read. That, <laughs> that's so true. I read that to my wife today. What the heck is the problem with... <laughs> that is awesome. Keep it up and perhaps I'll send you a snake or two from Australia. Ooh. And that's not a threat. There are candies 
we have here called Snakes. Send them on. Natural Confectionery Company Snakes. By the way, good luck trying to announce my Nick. Well, Ableth Rogue. There you go. I think I pronounced it. Ableth, I would like to say that look at the picture. If you want to know which one I am, I'm the good looking one. Okay, so. Yeah. I'm the younger one. <laughs> So on the there. <clears throat> Aaron's upside down because it's actually a metaphor for how his brain is. <laughs> He's always upside down. I am the dashingly good looking one in the bottom right. You can barely see, um, which makes it easier to argue whether or not I'm the dashingly good looking one. But um, this this uh, first of all, we don't say things like Craig. <laughs> we don't speak. What did I say in the Calm response down, to him? Mr. Angry. We don't speak crikey. <laughs> okay. So uh, so no. So here's the deal. I, I, I'm not angry. No, uh, I'm, it's not anger. It's projection. I project a lot. I let, that may be my favorite review of the week. It I might be. It, it is pretty good. It was awesome. And I, I, I take it all as, as somehow, in a weird way, a, a backhanded compliment. I, I don't know. But uh, we do have trouble, uh, you know, yeah, pronouncing we, we, stuff. We don't speak well. But we, we have a hard time pronouncing anything. Pretty we much. stumble over everything. Absolutely. But it's, that's part of our... Uh, our stroke. Yes. Well, strokes that we Are you have. Billy Squire? No, we just, we've had several strokes on air. <laughs> okay, well, now it's time for this. Hey, everybody, it's music time! It is our super summer of giveaways. I'm angry. And I would like to thank our friend Randall for supplying tonight's uh, song, but I think you're going to get it right off. I, I think you'll get it within 10, 10, 15 seconds. But if you don't, we're going to give away a prize to one of our listeners who has left have, who have left us a review. So here's what they're going to win today. They're going to win a black web, very racist, uh, Bluetooth shower speaker, uh, splash-proof technology. It's got a four-hour battery life, but you can't really tell from the picture. It looks like the battery's almost empty. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's got uh, it hangs. It's got, or it's suction, got a hook. It's got uh, includes a suction cup and a strap. Built-in microphone for hands-free calling. If you want to call people like a weirdo while you're in the shower, no, you answer calls while you're in. The, you don't have to get out of the shower to answer your phone. Whatever, just let it wait. Uh, battery life up to four hours, and then the thing doesn't work anymore. <laughs> that's not true. Then you recharge it. No, it says life. But it doesn't matter because you're going to guess this one anyway. I don't are think you, I will. Are you, are you ready? Yeah, let's go all for all it. Right, listen up. <laughs> Well, it's all drums at the beginning. Oh, it's Walk Like an Egyptian. But no, it's not. No. Sounds kind of like Walk Like an Egyptian. It's not, but you'll get it. One, two, one, two, one, oh, aha, uh-huh, take on me. Very good. Yeah. Very good. But they did at the beginning something about the, 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 the sound. It sounded like sound it. Little... That's Real Big Fish doing their, their uh How version. do they play out of the water like that? They're just good. They're just that good. Well, you know, I did learn from SpongeBob that they can they can make campfires underwater, yep. so I guess they could probably yeah. play guitars. Um, I've decided that Randall and I have the exact same musical taste. Bad. I love Real Big Fish, really and, he, bad. and he's a big fan of Mario like, Speedwagon. You don't like fish. You don't You don't want to go to Captain D's. I don't eat fish, but I like the band Real Big Fish. So and, I'm sorry that no one won this, but I get to keep it. And Randall is a huge fan of... I really don't get to keep it, though. He's just no, going to fall in front of me. That's okay. You know why? Because we'll I, I got my own fancy Bluetooth shower speaker. You know what we'll do with it next time? We'll give it away, give it away, give it away, away now. now. Yeah. I'm surprised I got that. But that, that was really beginner, right? That was like... Well, I that guess was, he that felt was, sorry for you. That was novice. Because you remember Randall said he couldn't get them either. Well, uh, I've been told that by a couple people. But the thing is that uh, once they got past the drums and they actually started playing the melody, I mean, everybody knows that song. Yeah. Yeah, I used to talk to Melody quite a bit. She she's uh, she's doing pretty good. And then the restraining order. 
Top story. Ridlidge. That's a good way to start. Ridlid, rigid, rigidly. I think you need some Ridlidge. I don't know what's wrong with me. Ridlidge. Why am I talking this way? It's like the review said. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't pronounce you anything. You can't even say religiously. What the hell I can talk like this? This story is so weird. Religiously extreme couple loses child custody after stuffed lion purportedly transmitting the word of God acted as its lawyer. <laughs> That's a lot to break up. down. Man, what a weird story. <clears throat> a BC couple, they're people Man, that were here back in the caveman days. <laughs> a British Columbia couple whose religious views were uh, too extreme even for churches and pastors and put them at odds with... I didn't read any of that right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to start over. No, you read it perfectly. I'm going to start over. I don't feel good I, about it. I was it. even drinking water. I was so relaxed with your reading. A British Columbia couple whose religious views are too extreme, even for churches and pastors, and put them at odds with family, doctors, social workers, and anyone else trying to help them with their daughter have lost their battle uh, for custody of her. The unusual child custody trial featured the couple speaking in tongues to a stuffed animal they said transmitted the word of God directly to them and refusing legal assistance because Jesus Christ, through the stuffed lion, <laughs> was their lawyer, witness, and judge. Now, they've got the stuffed lion confused with the lion of Judah. That's what it is. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Um, In November, when the girl was one, the Provincial Court of British Columbia formally declared she was in need of protection and placed in her provincial custody, in provincial custody. (laughs) There you go. A decision the parents appealed to the British Columbia Supreme Court. The parents claimed the judge violated their charter rights, discriminated against them as Christians, and made uh, procedural errors. What, they didn't get consent of the stuffed animal or something? Or yeah, he didn't sign. Animal? He didn't sign? No. Um, the uh, parents met in 2014 and shared a mutual interest in their own emerging views of the Christian faith and were privately married a year later. Now, that's uh, the, not that long ago. That's only four years ago. Yeah. They are not named to protect the identity of the child. They had unstable working and living arrangements moving around various communities. Their views started inter- interfering with their relationships with others, including Christian communities. Several churches banned them and even called police for assistance when the couple set out to purge <laughs> churches of evil influences. <laughs> A cor- were they using like the uh, <laughs> flamethrowers? Were they using the stuff line as a vessel of some <laughs> yeah, sort? Yes. According to court, <laughs> they're using the Elon, uh, yeah. Elon Musk uh, flamethrowers. Yeah. At one point after the birth of their child, they were criminally charged with causing a disturbance after police were called to a church in West Kelowna, where the parents were trying to cleanse demonic influences. Uh, the court heard. It appears that due to their strong religious beliefs, they are intolerant of those who do not espouse identical views. Mm. This includes other Christians. Yeah. Justice Diane, who talks like a man, McDonald, wrote in her ruling released this week. I would say that includes all other Christians. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yes. I think you draw the line at a stuffed animal. That speaks, yes. Uh, and only they can hear They should have got a burning bush. That would have been better. If they showed up with a burning bush, people would be able to... I would have said, okay, who who am I to say God's not talking to? Right. But you get like a... A beanie baby, it's, and you yeah, bring it Yeah, that's in. what it looked like. A yeah, little, I'm, little. I'm thinking that there's something kind of not right there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, not that it wasn't, you know, not that... Oh, it's possible. Po- anything, yeah, hey, sure. you know, I mean, I mean who, you know, yeah. who am I to say? <laughs> I'm just saying I'm going to take my chances on this one and say <laughs> yes. they're probably in the cuckoo sauce. Yeah. Something's going on. Something's weird. Something's up. 
Something's bizarre. After the woman found she was pregnant, she told a social worker her husband sometimes choked her to make her stop crying. <laughs> Good night. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, we've tried. <laughs> Poker with a snake. Maybe that'll yeah, help. Yeah. Uh, he had once tied her hands and covered her mouth with tape, which scared her. And occasionally he beat her. <laughs> Good night. She told the worker her husband grew up in a cult and that uh, the children learned through role play sins. What? Yeah. So he made her play the victim and he wow. played the perp. Where she played the victim. You can read my <laughs> sentence for me. Where she played the victim, he played the perp, uh, the court heard. When interviewed uh, by police about the allegations, she denied them. Her oh, husband. No, no, no. No, I, I made that up. I mean, I never said that. This black eye. No, her no. husband said that once when he was frustrated with her, he had a few drinks, <laughs> put one hand over her throat and over her mouth. Well, we know um, they're not Baptists. Is it Sean Connery? <laughs> No, it's not Sean. <laughs> this led to a complaint to the Ministry of Children and Family Development. Because of the concerns over family violence and mental health, the ministry monitored the family. The couple refused to have parental capacity assessments despite a court order. A month after the girl's birth, she was removed from the home, and the parents continued to have supervised access. Now, this is where it starts getting weirder and weirder. The mother, uh, the mother applied to change her daughter's name to Jesus Joy of the Lord. <laughs> All one word. One word, Joy of the Lord. <laughs> I do appreciate how they had the, the of and the V in smaller case. Joy, uppercase, of name the, and the capital Lord. Her daughter named Jesus. Her Jesus, joy <laughs> of the Lord. And her own first name to Risen Lord Jesus. I'm, I, would never, I would never speak to her. Uh, I'm not going to say, hey, Risen. Her, ready? No, it gets better. <laughs> yeah, I know. Her middle name to Refiner's Fire. <laughs> and her last name to Christ with a hyphenation, including her real name. So it'd be Smith. Smith. <laughs> What was her first name? Risen Lord Jesus. No, what was her? What was? Oh, that was gonna be her first name. <laughs> yeah. So the mother changed her daughter da, 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 and her own first. Okay, so it's gonna be Risen Lord Jesus Refiner's Fire Christ Hyphen Smith. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> when their child custody case came to court, the couple refused legal aid. They said they had legal help, however, which came from the form of a stuffed lion. <laughs> That's their legal help. During trial, the couple spoke to the lion in non-discernible words, presented as speaking in tongues, and said, <laughs> this is too much. I'm telling you. Said through the lion they heard directly from God. They said Jesus Christ was their lawyer, witness, and judge. <laughs> that would be unfair. That when would be they, unfair counsel. <laughs> when they cross-examined witnesses, they told each witness that their lawyer, Jesus, was asking the questions through them. <laughs> That's why they were so loopy. He kept turning that water into wine <laughs> yeah, sitting on yeah. the table. <laughs> Just to make them shut up. Yeah. In the end, the judge did not find them uh, to be credible and ruled in favor of the ministry and placed the baby in continuing care. The parents appealed that decision, claiming it infringed on their religious freedoms as Christian parents. McDonald, McDonald's disagreed. <laughs> and McDonald's. So, Both of them. So I, I feel like I, I'm obligated to say, you know, people make... Uh, well, apparently you're only allowed to make fun of Christians. You're not allowed to make fun of any other religion. That's right. Yeah. And I'm not going to get political or heavy here. But you just did. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. But, but well, here's what I want to say. We're not making fun of that. Absolutely uh, not. It, it's, it's just because you've got extreme people in, in everything in life. And these people just happen to be... They're not. They 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 seem to be uh, washed in the blood of a beanie baby. That's it. Yes, <laughs> they are uh, Christian by name only. I would 
I would yes. gamble to say because <laughs> this stuff is whack. Yeah, they uh, they're they're people that definitely are 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 confused, and I just I didn't want it to look like we're making fun of. Uh, because we wouldn't. No. And I wouldn't make fun no. of... I, I'm not going to make fun of other believers. I'm not going to make fun of... Uh, you know. You make fun of me? Yeah, I'll make fun of you. I'm not going to make fun of Jewish people. I'm not going to make fun of... You know, I'm not going to make fun of... I don't know. Muslim... Whoever. Name somebody. Buddhas. I mean... <laughs> I mean, what okay, I'm maybe Buddhist. Maybe Buddhist. But, no, I'm just kidding. But but Hare Krishna's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but uh, okay, maybe I would. But but <laughs> my point being, these people are. Cra- but we made fun of the crazy ones. That's true. That's true. And yeah. we it was, anyway. All right. That's one to clear that up a little bit. Is it clears mud? Oh, you know what? I need a vacation now. Let's go. In Florida, that would have been so smooth. You did it. I don't know what happened. It you just double tap. You double tap. Uh, maybe maybe I double, double tap, tap. Double tap. Double tap. Tap tap. Double tap. Headline is a Pasco detective left a gun in Burger King in Burger King's bathroom and now it's gone. Of course it is. It was a gun and it yes. was expensive. It looked good. It was yeah, a gun. Newport Ritchie. You're going to lose a gun in Newport Ritchie. The Pasco County Sheriff's Office said it's looking for a man that they claim stole the agency issued handgun. No, wait a minute, Craig. If the guy left in the bathroom, somebody found it. Finders keepers, losers weepers, right? It's not stolen. Well, it's a, the guy found a gun. He found it, but they're going to since it was a, sh- uh, a <sighs> gun that belonged to a sheriff's I want to know what happened to the the deputy. Um, well, let's keep. I'm just you're, gonna keep you're lost. Yeah. You have no idea what you're talking. Uh, issued handgun. So anyway, they said they say that the guy stole it from the agency issued uh, handgun that the plainclothes police detective left in the Burger King bathroom last Friday. When the detective went back to into into the bathroom to get the gun, it was gone. Um, he did not identify the detective because of the ongoing investigation or any or release any other details about how the gun was left in the bathroom. Well, I can imagine because if it's hanging there on your belt and, you know, you have to remove it. It's the weight. I don't know how that works. Oh, well, anyway, that's I'm, what I'm thinking. The weapon was likely taken between 1129 a.m. and 1216 p.m. I think the point is that you're responsible for that gun. There's no excuse for it yes. to be misplaced. And who says he really left in the bathroom? And maybe he just lost it. He said, oh, maybe. who knows? Deputies were looking uh, to question a white male wearing a light. Why has it got to be a white male? <laughs> wearing, a, wearing a light-colored sleeve T-shirt, carrying a stuffed lion that was speaking to him. No. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Black shorts, hiking sneakers. Wearing one of those ceramic king masks. <laughs> a light-colored hat with sunglasses and carrying a dark backpack. Surveillance video of the man was also released. Deputies located him late Friday, but released no other details. In other words, it wasn't him. They just found a guy that came out of the bathroom, and they said, this is him. Yeah, that's the guy. So anyway, Dahl, the uh, the spokesman for the sheriff's office, is likely they had a doll. Will conduct an internal investigation into the detective who lost the weapon. There probably will be an inquiry, Dahl said. But right now, we're just focused on finding the gun. Such a doll. <sighs> Watch out! Oh, the snake! Oh. Freaky! He said, Freaky the Snake Hole Man. Freaky Snake Hole. Warrington, Virginia. Oh, you didn't hey, read the headline. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was, I mean, yeah, I was going, of course I was going to read the headline. I had duh. To stop you. No, duh. It was just for effect. You know, Warrington, Virginia. Serpent shocker. Snake slithers out while woman drives. Now, wait a minute. It slithered out into the car? I don't know. Okay, go ahead. A Virginia woman was rattled. Oh, rattled <laughs> when a snake slithered out of her car vent. Oh gosh, it came out of the vent. Disappeared into the depths of her SUV. Can you imagine driving? It was at 
driving a snake? No, I don't want to imagine that. It was actually just a harmless garter snake, but Laura Goff was Oh, she startled. was great in uh, yeah, she was, I watched her. I watched her movie recently. <laughs> great. Yeah, that was a good movie. The new one? Yeah. You liked it? I liked it. I was disappointed. I liked her because she wasn't... Um, over the top, like they didn't make her supermodel. She was like, a, was she was like a Nick girl next door. I enjoyed it. It was it was every movie that had been done before. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all it. they're all based on Indiana Jones. I mean, well, the all, previews made it look like it, it couldn't fail. I was so excited about going it. to see it. I I, did, enjoyed, I, I, I was just too disappointed. I enjoyed it. I, I, it just falls under popcorn movie. And anyway, again, we missed our movie reviews. Well, we'll come back to it. Okay, see. okay. <clears throat> so anyway, it was actually just a harmless garter snake, but Laura Croft. <laughs> <laughs> was startled when the two and a half foot long serpent entangled itself in her phone cord. Oh my gosh! She pulled over and called animal control Monday. A f- easy, something easy. County Sheriff's Office <laughs> spokesman says that responding officer with his own snake phobia tried to catch it, but it slipped out of sight. Golf returned I to bet work. He tried real hard. Yeah, he had a snake phobia. <laughs> uh, Golf returned to work and put sticky rodent traps under her seat. But they remained empty. Can you see you walk out and there's a snake with a box dragon behind him? <laughs> oh, a bunch of them. A bunch like of boxes seven behind eight, him. Seven or eight snakes. Yeah. Ow. 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 <laughs> oh, sticky. Ow. Hot. Ow. Hot. Sticky. Hot. Ow. <laughs> but they remained empty during her 10-minute commute home. The next morning, her husband discovered the snake alive and stuck to a trap. Well, it worked. Yeah, good. Goff said he disposed of it in some fashion. She prefers not to know. Oh, boy. Wait. So you talk about movies? Okay, let's do our movie reviews. What have you seen since the last time I we saw spoke? Ocean's Eight? Okay, what do you give it? Uh, out of eight oceans. <laughs> How many oceans you give it out of eight? Five or six. I mean, it was it was it wasn't anything. It was inter. It eh, you know it wasn't like it wasn't like eleven. I think when you make Oceans 11 and then you go ahead and try to make Oceans 12 and then you milk it some more and make you know, Oceans yeah, 8. I mean, they, they made a loose connection. To, it's, it's like George Clooney's sister. Okay. Which one? Sandra Bullock is his sister. Oh. And, um, but I always like to see, but, but heist movies are, I do like heist movies because, um, um, you know, they're fun to watch, like, you know, Logan Lucky. Yeah. Did you ever watch oh, it? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Loved movie. it. It was good. And so, yeah, I like heist movies where. Baby Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're going to see how are they going to do this? What is this ridiculous, over the top stuff they're yeah. going to do that a normal person would never get away with? Okay. Everything has to be so perfectly tightly choreographed that it's going to work. So I like heist movies like that. So that's so, so from that aspect, that gives them some credibility. Yeah. But as far as, you know, you know, if it wouldn't have been a movie pass thing, I wouldn't have gone. I saw Money Heist on Netflix. Uh-huh. Which is a series, um, very entertaining, very entertaining. Again, I like a heist too, and this if is a you big watched one they it, pull off. Why didn't you alert the authorities? Well, it wasn't live; it was recorded. Oh, so yeah. it already happened. Yeah. So I watched. Um, it was it called Making Fun? The Funco. Oh, Funco. It's the yeah. Funco documentary. Yeah. And um, I have yet to see that, but it's on my list. I just found it. It was on your list. It's on my list. It's on your, I added it's on it your to my list. list. Um, I found it to be entertaining like what i really liked about it was and i told you a little bit about this the other day is the guys that got into this it could have easily been me because i uh if i just had the talent and the timing <laughs> and the resources and, and the money the, and the drive and the and the <laughs> and lived in and california the atten- and the attention now they're in washington or somewhere but anyway basically um everett washington uh, but the guy that started it was like a lot of people I knew just really loved the style from the 60s, yeah, the 50s, kitsch. 60s, that kind of, yeah, kind of just uh, pop culture stuff. Yeah. 
And so they started making these these things. It just started with some guys loving what they just and it just worked. And then the thing everybody knows about now, the pop characters, little square headed characters yeah. you see everywhere. Yeah, I've got a few of those. That I got a Bob Ross. Okay. That happened after he sold the company to a guy he'd become friends with and apparently was the a perfect decision. He was getting burned out and I don't know what the deal was they made. They don't go into that. I would hope he's still making some bank off of it. I would think. But then the pop thing came along, which is what exploded for them. Yeah. And so it was it was a good documentary. I think I agree with a guy uh, that saw it that I know who said, I think I would, as much as I, I love the history, I would have liked to maybe seen more in the manufacturing process or a little more, uh, I don't know. There was a little more, they could have done a little more. Okay. But it was still good. How long? is about an hour and a half. Yeah, something like that. And the guy that started, I can't remember what his name is, he seems like such a likable guy. Like cool. He, like the kind of guy you, you could just hang with. He seems like a really mellow kind of cool guy. And uh, my, uh, you may have to do the next story. My iPad. Oh, just, I got the next story. Next story is mine anyhow. Because I can't actually get into my iPad right now. Well, I'm going to start it out with this. Love some fried watermelon. We've got a mushroom crowd for you. Mushroom crowd. What? <laughs> Why North Korea had to hide Kim's poop. He brought, brought, his, on the toi- brought his own toilet. Yes, to he town. did. He's staying in the world's finest five-star hotels, but Kim Jong-un still brought a toilet with him to Singapore. Kim does so because, according to one of North Korea, Korea, Korea. North Korean military defector, the defector, le- de- defector, <laughs> the leaders. I'd like to draw attention to the fact that our rogue friend in Australia makes yes. fun of the way I, re- yes. I actually try to say. Oh, he said we both do. Okay, okay. Kim does so because, according to one North Korean military defector, the leader's excretions contain information about his health status, so they can't be left behind. No pun intended. Well, you can look at him and see what his health status is. Sorry, Kim. Bringing your own toilet to Singapore won't prevent you from leaving behind biological material. However, it's a point of intelligence interest uh, in and of itself as to why exactly the North Koreans are so concerned about uh, Kim's excrement. Are you okay? No. What does Kim have to hide? Well, we don't know, of course, but based on his rotund belly and penchant for high quality foreign cuisine it seems unlikely that kim suffers from the intestinal parasites that afflict many of his subjects i like the way they worded that that's nice yet stool analysis which also showed the presence of ill health indicators such as excessive blood cells unusual ph levels and bile or mucus even if these data points were out of the ordinary their publication might weaken kim's credibility as a powerful leader how could it get any weaker well, with us. I think his subjects, uh, well, they're just scared. Yeah. That said, Kim's toilet doesn't give him an absolute ability to avoid biological and chemical measurements and signature intelligence analysis. If they want to, foreign intelligence services could collect this information from Kim in a number of other ways. With a physical proximity to Kim, who just went uh, on a public walkabout through Singapore, intelligence officers could have could have measured his breath or his sweat with physical proximity to Kim, they could also analyze his body heat, signature, and gait as an indicator to any physical ailments. That'd be tricky, though, and it'd be impossible to prove, I would think, just by looking. I just don't think anybody cares. Most valuable most valuable of all would be collecting any excretions from anything Kim touched or shed, like his hair follicles. 
that genetic material could be collected for analysis. And we could take it to Jurassic Park and we could replicate yes, it. Yes. Oh, that'd be horrible. That's a good movie. That'd be a good movie. Welcome to Pinyon Park. Look, <laughs> Kim Jong-il's running around. Oh, no. He's dead. Uh, Kim Jong-il. We'll bring him back. Yeah. Well, that's true. We could. What we'll do is we'll bring them all back, all the ones he's killed. Yeah. And we'll have them battle each other in an arena. That would be awesome. And then when he kills one of them, we just bring another one out. Well, no, they get him. They get him right off the bat because if he didn't have his his groupies and his weapons, well, well, no, we'll, it'll be we'll, we'll bring him back and then whenever one dies, we'll just generate another one. It's like a, like a zero, oh, okay. like a zero. Okay, yeah. Welcome uh, to Pinyon Park. You do eventually plan to have Kim Jong Un's <laughs> in your park, <laughs> only if there's a buffet. <laughs> oh, university offers thirty five hundred dollars to get sick and stay in hotel influenza. Hey, now this is a job I can actually do. I might yeah, maybe. 3500 bucks for the flu? Yeah, unless it don't it doesn't kill you. Uh St. Louis, Missouri, or Missouri as they say, looking to take 10 10 days off from work and get paid for it. St. Louis University may be willing to fund your getaway, but here's the catch. You have to get sick and stay quarantined at, at hotel influenza. I'm catching what you're catching. What are you yawning over there for? I'm going to look into this. The university has converted a 24-room hotel into a research center and is looking to intentionally expose their guests to the flu, all for the sake of science. CBS St. Louis reports the SLU team says the project will help them uh, test new vaccines for the illness on the people that don't die. Um Human challenge uh, studies are a way to get a lot of um, information quicker. Has he got, has he got the flu? <laughs> yeah. With a smaller number of volunteers and less cost than traditional vaccine study. I don't know why he talks that way. That's weird. Where's he from? Uh, St. Louis. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think. Dr. Daniel Hoft. Uh, Dr. Daniel Hasselhoft said in a university news release, he said the ideal environment for testing possible universal flu vaccines, a holy grail of influenza research, which would offer protection against many different strains of the virus. To make the challenge more enticing, SLU is offering volunteers $3,500 in exchange for their time and travel to hotel influenza. Uh, I mean, you, you can... Check out anytime you want. But you can't never leave. No, no. Officially called the Extended Stay Research Unit, the university adds that the 24 guests will be cared for around the clock by a team of nurses and will have access to TV, internet, and their own private bathrooms. This sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> 24 people. I wonder what kind of flu it is. Cause, you one know, flu. One flu strain. It does. I mean, if, if I wasn't going to be like throwing up. If I was just going to have like the, the, the flu isn't the, always that. No, that's what I'm saying. If it's if it's that flu where I just feel crummy, I'll do it. He was a guy with a podcast. <laughs> he said he'd feel crummy. <laughs> he wanted thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> for the flu. She was a cop. <laughs> you have to have a cop in there somewhere. Yeah. Common areas with comfy chairs offer spaces to socialize, read, or watch TV with picture window views of the arc, arch, arch. I said arc. You did because I'm thinking of the arch deluxe. At Ooh, McDonald's. I missed that. That's gone. Yes. Yeah, uh, Hot on one side, cold, cold on, on the, the other. other. Yes. Just right. like it made it at home. Yes. Catered meals are served, uh, the press release promises. The study volunteers will be given either a dose of the experimental vaccine or placebo uh, before their stay begins. In other words, you may get, I think if you end up getting the placebo, they should give you $4,500. Yes. They will then be infected with a dose of flu virus delivered through a nasal spray. Oh, not even a shot. 
like it makes it any better. Snip the volunteers will remain quarantined for about 10 days while researchers study the effects of the vaccine. Yeah, let's see. This is what Hasselhoff had to say. If a challenge trial shows the vaccine protected a small group of volunteers against the flu, you can be much more confident the vaccine is more likely to be worth the hundreds of millions of dollars of investments to go to phase three development. The university says it hopes to begin the first pilot program at Hotel Influenza by the end of 2018. And they hope nobody dies, probably. <laughs> I, I, you think this is funny? I'm actually going to look into it. But you, the thirty five hundred bucks. It, okay, and if they tax that, well, that's true. You come home with like so seventy three dollars. So you, like <laughs> you, you feel like crap. Then you get your check. You feel like crap again. Yeah. But if you got the vaccine and they they give you the flu, here's the thing: you blow it on Buster Bars. Yeah. Well, if I'm eating sugar again, you which would. I Buster. probably will be I by that. Put a, I could put a Buster Bar in front of you right now, no. and you eat it. Lori's already tested me. She put a. I'm standing strong. She put a blizzard, a blizzard in front of you. Headline is, state trooper pulls over the cop who delivered him almost 27 years ago. Did you hear about this? It's a feel-good story. I'm hearing year, about man. it right now. Do you have a feel-good theme? A tra- no, I, w- I should. But yeah, I've got one that makes me feel good. Oh, I feel so much better. All right. A traffic stop. Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. A traffic stop led to a surprise reunion between a New Jersey state trooper and a retired police officer who delivered him as a baby. Wait a minute, he was a baby and he delivered another baby? Yes. How about that? Trooper Michael Patterson pulled over Matthew Bailey on a motor vehicle violation last week in Kingwood Township. The men began talking and Bailey mentioned that he was a retired police officer from Piscataway. Yeah, what was it, was it? Piscataway, about an hour away. About an hour away from Piscataway. That's right. That's their slogan for tourism. It turns out Patterson is also from Piscataway. The first of several coincidences the men would soon discover. Patterson mentioned that the street he grew up on, and then Bailey said he remembered it well because he had delivered a baby there as a rookie. The baby was a rookie when it was born? When he would describe the house and said the baby's name was Michael, the trooper then stuck out his hand for a handshake and said, My name is Michael Patterson, sir. Thank you for delivering me. Bailey, <laughs> me creep. Bailey first encountered Patterson on October 5th of 1991 when Patterson's mother, Karen, had gone into labor while shopping and was barely able to make it home. Do you want to feel really old right now? According to 1991. Oh, stop it. And this guy's already at, oh, stop it. Yeah, right. Bailey arrived. Someone told me one time, he says, you know you're getting old when cops are younger than you. You know, my, my daughter was born in 91. I was a father at this time. Mm-hmm. Oh, good grief. Patterson's mother, Karen, had gone into labor, as we said. Bailey arrived to help while Patterson's father called a doctor who talked the young police officer through the delivery. After the traffic, after after the traffic, after the traffic stop, Patterson brought his mom to Bailey's home for another reunion. And Bailey was like, "Why are you bringing people over to my house, man? What is this? Do you guys bring food? What do you want? Cookies? Do you guys got ice cream?" Bailey was pulled over Friday because of tinted windows on his vehicle and was advised to correct the problem, but he did not get a ticket. Of course, man. Uh, I want to thank you for delivering me. By the way, put your hands on the car. Yeah. Do you have anything in your pocket? Any needles or anything? You know about? Karate Chop Coming up Keep your eyes open You were close I got it People can't You can't Listeners can't see you Doing Karate Chop Trying to chop the sound Yeah Stop Woman tells What led to a physical fight Over a Vienna sausage Now I I, I could fight somebody Over a Vienna sausage Fight if you made me eat one (laughs) 
Monroe, as we've discussed before, they Austin, call it down way down Monroe. It's not Monroe, Louisiana. They call it Monroe. That's right. Ooh-wee. We had kinfolk down there, and they call it Monroe. I guarantee. Guarantee. Andrea Smith has had enough with one of her neighbors. He was going to yank that chair up from under me, said Smith. <laughs> what could Smith be talking about? She said she and Donald Trailer. Uh, had an ongoing tension for years. This time, that tension turned into a fight. Investigators with the Union Parish... That's like a county down there, parishes. Union Parish Sheriff's Office in Louisiana <laughs> said they were told Smith asked Trailer for a Vienna sausage. Give me one. When they were hanging out in her yard. You know, nothing spells romance in the South than being in the yard in the summertime with your girl. Hey, Donnie. Eating a can of Vienna sausages. Hey, Donnie, give me one of them Vienna hey, sausages. Hey, give me one of them Vienna sausages. <laughs> you know, down the South, everybody calls them everything but Vienna sausages. Yeah. Vienna sausages. Vienna, I call them Vienna sausages. Vienna, I know, but I hear everything. Vienna sausages. Man, that was like a, when I was a kid, I couldn't get enough of them. We ought to see if we can still stomach them. I bet I could. I don't know I'm what's, what's, what's in them. I don't know, but they're they're good. But they got sugar in them. And you get those barbecue, the ones that are in barbecue sauce. And potted meat. You remember that? Yeah. You know, on crackers. Yes. I yeah. still like potted meat. You, you look like you'd like you like some. You got any more of that potted meat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm some french fried tigers. We got potted meat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when he wouldn't give her one of them there, Vienna sausages, investors say investors, investors. Investors in Vienna sausage got angry. <laughs> investigators said she got angry. I'm a lady. But sometimes yeah. I get upset, and before I knew it, I backhanded him. Because he wouldn't Smith give her a beanie sausage. A beanie sausage. <laughs> it almost knocked Trailer out of his electric wheelchair. <laughs> that right there. Picture it. Just picture it. That right there was the nugget, the center juicy nugget of the story. <laughs> it almost knocked Trailer out of his electric She hit a guy in an electric wheelchair because he wouldn't give her a beanie sausage. <laughs> She had some power behind that hit, too, if it almost knocked him out. Deputies said Trailer pulled out a knife. Oh, boy. Now it gets real. They said Trailer told him uh, told them Smith fell on it. <laughs> so Shakespearean. She said first thing. Fall on that knife. That's not a knife. That's not a knife. <laughs> and that's how she got cut. Smith said that's not what oh, happened. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Officer, no. she fell on it. <laughs> oh, no, honey. He raised up. Out of that chair and sliced me. Uh huh. I didn't fall on no knife. He did that. Slice me like Smith a mighty said. sausage. Yeah. Frankly, What's she Frank said she was. <laughs> he, he's never doing anything else. Frankly, frankly, <laughs> I, I frankly said she wasn't mad about the sausage at all. Oh please. She was upset. Because she said he refused to leave her yard after he was messing with her property. What'd he do? He didn't have no business over here. I asked him to leave. He should have left. And he didn't leave, Smith said. Neighbors said they spend time together on Smith's yard on a regular basis, but never did they think things would get physical. Smith uh, said it's not the first time. That man hit me with a nail and a board oh right there, pointing to her nose, Smith said. <laughs> Neighbors who spent time at this yard said it's normal to hear these two arguing, but wish no one would get hurt uh, when these two get on a roll. Is oh, that, there's bread now. On a roll? <laughs> yeah. Like his wheelchair roll? No, they're having Vini sausages and rolls. I'm pretty sure that could have been prevented, Harry Wayne, the neighbor said. <laughs> So, let's see. A Vienna sausage probably has one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight sausages in a nah, can. Nah, I'd say seven. 
No, it's three, an, it's three, an even, and then no, one. No, it's an even six, seven, eight. There's about eight. In okay, there, yeah. I'm gonna say about yeah, eight. Yeah, there is three. In because there. only a fiend would put an odd number of sausages. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I might stop on the way home, pick up a can. Well, the good thing is you don't have to look at the expiration date <laughs> because it's not gonna expire in our lifetime. Is that what Harry Wayne said? Yeah, <laughs> Harry Wayne. What a night! I don't know why it's so funny and to now me. Now a weird moment from history. Hey, how'd you get both of these? Uh, you want to take this one? No, I don't. You're welcome to. I really don't want to. Okay. I get kind of, I'm going to get sleepy over here while you tell me. Our weird news from history this episode is octopus wrestling was a real sport. How'd you train them to do that? (laughs) From the, from 1949 to the mid 1960s, the unconventional sport of octopus wrestling ran rampant across the United States. You know, I never see that in the history books, Craig. Never. No. Thousands of people would turn out at seaside to wait with bated breath as a diver trudged into the ocean to fight dangerous. Where did that term come from? Cellopods. Wait with bated breath. I don't know. The oh, because there he's at the ocean. He may fish later, so he's got the bait in already. his mouth. Yeah, so he's got bated breath. That's what it is. That's it. The earliest recording huh. referring to fighting an octopus as a wrestling sport was in a 1949 issue of Mechanics Illustrated magazine. Wilman Meenard. A traveler in Tahiti boasted that his favorite hobby was octopus wrestling. He regaled readers with a tale of him assisting a local hunter in a clash with a giant octopus in the clear depths of the surrounding sea. Sounds like a tall tale to me. Maynard called the octopus the cunning eight-armed king of the ocean, even claiming that local guides had told him the small island he was staying on was the spot of creation for the octopi. So that's where they were created. On this island. This right, place. right. It's Octopus Island. That's it. Most he, people know that. He claims to have occupied, see what it is? <laughs> <laughs> occupied uh, uh, a beach called Remora, a place hidden from rudimentary That's right next to search. Sodom, right? Yeah. Sodom and, no, it's, it's Rodham. <laughs> Rodham and Samora. Rodham and Remora. Remora, yeah. Huh, a place hidden from a rudimentary, a rudimentary internet search. You can't even get that on the internet. Google can't find no, it. No, they can't. It's a hidden island, kind of like Wonder Woman's Island, kind of like our house. Leaving the or, uh, or the on uh, Black Panther, they're, yes, they're they're, they're, they're everywhere. yeah everywhere. Their city's hidden. Leaving the altent, yeah, you got it's kind of weird how you get there. You got to kind of go through that. Warp. Yeah, like like you're going to run through a mountain or yeah, something. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, leaving uh, the authenticity of the lore and customs in this account open to question. Nevertheless, alongside a full page illustration of him fighting an absurdly enormous octopus, he recounts their ferocity. Minner told a good story, but his timing was impeccable. It truly caught the hearts and minds of divers across the world. With the end of World War II and the progression of recovery, man's sense of adventure and thirst for danger was growing. Science fiction and monster movies dominated the media. Some really good ones, too, right there at the end of World War II. Dominated the media in the coming decade, and the sea once again became a place for discovery and entertainment. Technical inventions, like likewise, made the sport more accessible to recreationists. Many of the men who returned home and received had received the only available dive training in the country during the war. In 1952, the wetsuit was invented. Along with it came the first ever civilian diving course. Though diving was popular, equipment remained rare and expensive. So it's no surprise that the wealthy Puget Sound became the heart of octopus wrestling in America. Though many divers used aqua lungs, great song. Yeah, right. yeah. Of, for safety, divers who went with the simple snorkel could earn extra. Did you points. say snorkel? No, I did not say snorkel. Despite the sport's advertised danger, no record of any deaths during one of these outings is readily available. They don't have a lot of holding strength," said veteran octopus wrestler Gary Keffler. You remember he won the gold gold medal in octopus wrestling back in the fifties, right? Yeah, Gary Keffler. 
Yeah. You remember Kefla? Yeah, I've seen all of his trophies. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the Mark Patch Top 10. Top 10 best movie characters of the 80s. Oh, I, bet there are a bunch of, I bet there are some that are mi- missing here. There are. Uh, Ferris Bueller's not on here. He should be. He should be number one, in my opinion. But All anyway. Right. Mm, you going to go? Yeah, number 10. The number 10 best movie character of the 80s, Yoda. I don't know if best is the is the, is the description. I think it should be iconic, maybe. Well, that was Frank Oz from The Empire Star. Frank Star. Oz. Yeah. The, the voice the, of. The Puppet Master. He is. Yeah. No, the Puppet Master is scary. No, Frank what? That's a movie. Uh, anyway, number nine, test, uh, test Ben, test Ben movie characters. <laughs> <laughs> number nine. The, where you get those characters? The test Ben? The test Ben movie characters of the 80s. Number nine of the best ones, Freddy Krueger. Love him. Not oh, he should street. be closer to one. He He's was awesome. Oh, a great Still character. love that original. Oh, sure. The first movie. Sure. I don't like number eight. Number I eight. I love it. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton. Don't say it again. That, no, don't say Especially three times. That one was, uh, I don't know, it creeped me out. It so was too bizarre. I love it. Too bizarre. I love it. I love it. Okay, don't get angry. Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, number seven. I don't know, really don't agree with this one. Not that I don't like the guy. Oh, I do. God rest I think his soul. this is a great character. Sergeant Hartman, who was played by Arlie Ermey in uh, Full Metal Jacket. And also showed up in Stripes. I just, he's, it's a character, I mean, he, did, he just he did, died, too. He, he did it better than anybody. May he rest in peace. Yeah, he did He did it better than anybody, but it was kind of a character that wasn't really that. You know why? Because he really was one in real life. I know that. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying that the character wasn't, you'd never seen Beetlejuice before. Yeah. Am I and keeping I hope you for I never, something? I hope you I never see it again. Over there? I oh, you can look at your phone, but I can't. I'm not is that looking the rule? at my phone. I'm looking at something. Else. <laughs> You've been looking at your phone the whole time. Well, number episode. six is yours. Do you think you're going to talk about number six? Number six of the top ten. Best characters from the eighties, best movie characters. Uh, the Terminator T eight hundred. I like how they have to specify it's the T eight hundred. It's the T eight hundred Terminator because there are other ones. Yeah, the, the, there's a T two thousand. Yeah, or three thousand. What was I the one? The know. liquid guy. I like I that know. guy. Yeah, well, that was good. He turned silver. But yeah. this one was Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, uh, number five again. I, this is guy. This is great, but I don't know how it would be the top ten of the eighties. Jack Torrance, which was Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Here's Johnny. Did you see Ready Player One yet? No. Still haven't seen. There's a fantastic. Wait. There's a fantastic segment where in VR that they're in the Shining Hotel. It didn't last long on the th- at the. It theaters. was there for a while. Why in is fact, that? I think it might still be there. Why is the uh, the what's the one that the the silence is that what it's called? Quiet place. Why is that still on? I don't theaters? know. I don't care for that. So, but more importantly, talk about Jack Nicholson. Yeah. There's a there's a VR segment in Ready Player One. I have to check it out from The Shining. You know, it I read the book. Amazing! I was really looking forward yeah, to seeing that movie, yeah. and then it was gone. I didn't have time. Well, you're just not moving quick enough. All right, number you're old. Number four of the top ten best movie characters of the '80s, John Rambo. I agree that one was a really it good. Was iconic. Yeah. That's why I think iconic works better. You know, um, one of my favorites. Number yep, three, good one, Doctor Emmett Doc Brown, Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. Yes, number two. Never seen this movie. You haven't? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so good. I don't watch movies with a lot of potty mouth like you do. It does have a lot of potty mouth. No, I'm lying. I was just I just said that because I was being angry. Say hello to my little friend, <laughs> Tony Montana, Al Pacino, and Scarface. And the number one top ten best movie characters of the 80s. By the way, where's E.T.? Number one, number one. <laughs> That's true. Indiana Jones from uh, any of the Indiana Jones movies. Harrison yes. Ford. Where was E.T.? Yeah, this this is from the top tens.com, so it's voted on by regular people like well, you and me. Well, not good voters. People that aren't good. R2-D2. 
Yeah. Oh, C3P. What about the 70s? Oh, though? it was. Yeah. I started in the 70s. Yeah. But what about E.T.? That had been a good one. What about the clown from Poltergeist? What about the gremlins? Well, gremlins. Gizmo. Yeah. I, I just threw the clown in there for no reason. Okay. What about it? Yeah, what about Penny, oh. Pennywise? It was the 80s. They yeah, went, but that was a miniseries. So? It, this is for the movie. You're a miniseries. I'm so angry. I gotta go. It's my nap time. I get really angry. Thanks for hanging with us. Episode 184. Come back for 185. Have a great Monday and the rest of your week.